This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Matt Humans of Veasan here in the Sports Better's Paradise, talking some college football and you know our overall record. 32-23-1 uh, going into this one. So 58% uh, moving along at uh, a nice clip. So we have to uh, – so um, how about Kansas Duke and, uh, and Vandy, Matt, all over their win total already oh. <laughs> in this, uh, this start of the season. So especially Kansas. Kansas is a quarterback uh, in Daniels. I mean, he's a true dual threat. Sometimes they'll label uh, a, a running quarterback – a dual threat quarterback, he can do it with his legs. A uh, a hot commodity very soon. Yeah, he might be the next Nebraska coach. Uh, we'll see. But no matter how good a coach is, if you don't have the quarterback to make it happen, it's not going to happen. So uh, Lance Leipold, I, I think, is going to be high on the Nebraska list up there with Urban Meyer and uh, some names like that. Do you go for the young guy? Do you go for the old recycled proven coach? I, I think Leipold's proven. I mean, if you can win at Kansas, you can win anywhere. And uh, it's very impressive what he's done. What's interesting this week is Kansas has been an underdog forever. Uh, it's kind of like the Detroit Lions. And then now you're going to flip Kansas to the favorites role where this team's laying more than a touchdown. I'm going to be really interested to see how that team handles uh, the favorites role this week. I'm not going to play that game, though. And by the way, props to Bruce Marshall for his 8-0 last week. Yeah. There you go, Bruce. I mean, we've been carrying his behind for long enough. It's good to have, you know, a little reciprocation uh, out of Brucey. Uh, it, it, I'll tell you this, Matt, and not only you, you go to Kansas and win, but you got to follow up the, uh, the, you know, the crap the, the crap sandwich that Les Miles left behind, too. I mean, total cash grab. He's going to go from LSU's resources to Kansas. He's not, he's not into that job. And so, um, and, you know, Lance Leopold also, he had a small, one of those small classification schools. Man, I don't. I don't just discount those because they're lower level uh, programs, a Division Three or whatever. They're competing against uh, programs with comparable resources. One of those stops, he was like a hundred and six. I mean, this guy. Uh, what what you doing at Kansas? I mean, I I think it's uh, it's it's impressive uh, to say the least. That three and zero against the spread uh, and uh, winning easily right now. Let's go to Texas A and M and Arkansas and uh, Texas A and M. Dodged a bullet uh, last week. I think you had Miami, Matt. I had Miami uh, last week. They had 11 more first downs than Texas A&M. They had more than 100 yards. A&M only had 51 snaps. 51 snaps in a game and still managed to dodge a bunch of bullets and cover that spread. Head scratcher. Miami was the right side. Now they go, Now they play Arkansas. A&M is a two-and-a-half point favorite over uh, Sam Pittman's Arkansas Hogs. Yeah, and I'll tell you what about the Miami play. I hate to say it, but I backed off that play later in the week because 
I was hoping, uh, I was actually hoping Jimbo would not make the switch to Max Johnson, a quarterback. I thought that would make A&M a better bet last week. And then you also got the news that Xavier Restrepo, Miami's top wide receiver, who's Tyler Van Dyke's roommate, was out. So I thought there was a couple bad news items that popped up on that play after you and I talked about it last week. And still, Jimmy, uh, Miami should have covered the game, but it's unfortunate the way that thing turned out. I'm going to bet against A&M again this week. And... Uh, Max Johnson was okay. He was far from sensational. He was 10 for 20 for 140 yards. A&M was outgained by the Hurricanes 392 to 264 in that game. We just talked about Lance Leipold and how he's making things happen at Kansas with no resources. What's Jimbo Fisher doing at Texas A&M with all the resources yes. in the world? This, he's really, I think, underachieving big time. Sam Pittman's overachieving in Arkansas. I actually played the Hogs in this game a year ago, and Arkansas was a more physical team and uh, whipped the Aggies' butts. K.J. Jefferson, 70% completion so far, uh, 770 yards and a 6-to-1 TD-to-INT ratio. And Raheem Sanders is a big-time running back. Uh, I, th I think a lot of people were going to be a little bit hesitant about Arkansas because of the way the Hogs struggled to beat Bobby Petrino in Missouri State a week ago, but don't forget about that game. And uh, just look at the big picture here, and I think Arkansas is a better team. I'm, I'm taking the two-and-a-half-point dog in Arlington. And also stronger on the bench, Matt. I mean, Pittman, Pittman's getting more out of his roster than Jimbo is. Certainly yep. getting more out of his resources. Now, Arkansas's got some money. Uh, that's it. But, I mean, that's a tough place to recruit since they're not in the Southwest Conference anymore and playing in Texas. Now, now that they, they're playing this thing, you know, a home and away uh, now, but still – I mean, it's, it's been an uphill climb for that program in the mighty SEC West, and he is impressive. And also, I know South Carolina is not a world beater. They got, they got punked by, uh, by Georgia pretty good. But to outgain them on the ground by 250 yards, I mean, this is an offensive line coach, and if he's got that running game, takes a little pressure off of Jefferson, they develop him. And Kendall Browse and Barry Odom, one of the best coordinator combos in all the country. They're better coached. Period. Yeah. Arkansas is a better coach team. I love uh, the Hogs. Now, we might be on opposite sides on this one. Tennessee got a lot of pent-up frustration in this series against Florida. They might have the better team. Well, they definitely have the better team here. We uh, we can't go back far enough, uh, certainly before Steve Spurrier has been there. But we never can remember a Tennessee double-digit favorite in this series against Florida, where Florida's owned this series. Yeah, I think it, it hasn't happened since the uh, late 70s or early 80s. And actually, if you look at this series, Florida is 16-1 and one in the last 17 with 11 wins by double digits. And when you reverse the role like this and make uh, the Vols big favorites, I'm going to look at the underdog. I know Hendon Hooker's been lights out. If you go back, look at his, his stats uh, from when he took over as a starting quarterback last year. It's sensational. And this year he's 69% completion, six TDs, no picks. I'm not sure the Vols would have won that game at Pittsburgh if Keaton Slovis didn't go down with an injury, though. And I think, uh, I, I think maybe their rating's a little bit inflated right now because of that. And I wonder what's going on with Anthony Richardson and, and the Gators. I, I talked to a guy who's a really sharp better who, uh, after Florida knocked off Utah, he said he was going to bet Richardson to win the Heisman. I said, don't do that. He, he's not going <laughs> to put up the type of numbers. That's just a, a contribution to, to your local bookmaker. Uh, Richardson, believe it or not, at this point has zero touchdown passes and four picks. Now, he's a dynamic playmaker, but he's not a great passer. 
I just hope uh, Florida's run defense is a little bit better. You had your starting middle linebacker out last week, and that's why they gave up so many yards in that game. But I think uh, the Gators at 11, this is based on a number play. I actually made this nine. I made, I made this number seven and a half, and the fact it's up to 11, I actually grabbed 11 and a half on this at the South Point uh, last night. What's the current Bet Rivers number, 11? Ten and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, so. 11 and a half to me was uh, inflated enough to 11 or 11 and a half, enough to get me on the on the Gators in a series they've won 16 out of the past 17. And, Matt, that's why I like the other side. I mean, these cats are hungry. They are bent up. And I agree that Tennessee's power rating is a little bit high. I do agree that game could have certainly gone either way uh, in the, at Pitt. And the, 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 game, the game changed when the Pitt receiver on Slovis really bought time, made a great play, threw it in the end zone, hide him. He dropped the touchdown to go up 17-0, tips, interception, back of the end zone. Yeah. Tennessee takes the ball and goes all of a sudden 10-7. So 17-0 to 10-7, game on. Um, so Pitt was on the right side of a tip to interception against West Virginia in, uh, in the opening week. But it's just this series – this team, I'm looking to fade Tennessee after this week. But this week, I mean, it's, it's pent up, and, man, they finally got a, they got a, a chance. Because I want to see Tennessee's defense do it uh, uh, more, especially with uh, that, that snap count, with that hub tempo that they like to play where you compromise your defense. Uh, Stanford and Washington. Washington, you talk about a great coaching job, one of the most improved teams in all of college football. Um, Kalen DeBoer and the Michael Penix are reuniting. Um, it's it's, it's, it's working at a, at a big level. They won and covered easily against Michigan State. Probably could have even won by more. They took their foot off the gas late in that one. Now here comes Stanford where that, that game against USC should have been closer with those deep red zone turnovers that Stanford had against the Trojans. A big number here, Washington minus 14. Wow, you got 14 now. Give me the 14 with Stanford. 13 was the best number I could find out in Vegas. But Michael Penix has been great. 1,079 yards passing in three games, 10 TDs, and uh, Kalen DeBoer was a great coaching hire. You knew that at the time based on what he had done at Indiana as OC and at at Fresno as a head coach. And to get Penix in there playing at a high level, a guy who was kind of erratic actually at Indiana without uh, DeBoer as his coach, it shows you how good this guy is. But this situation, I think, sets up pretty well for Stanford, which has been off since the USC game on September 10th, and if you watch that game, it was 41-28 USC. And the Trojans, um, I thought, were a little fortunate to win by that margin. Stanford coughed up two fumbles inside the 10-yard line. All the breaks seemed to go USC's way uh, that day. I still like Tanner McKee as one of the best quarterbacks in the Pac-12. E.J. Smith, the son of Emmett Smith, is a big-time running back. You give, you got two weeks to prepare for this game. Stanford's been able to get healthy. Some of the guys are back on defense. Uh, I think this number is inflated. Again, like I say, I make my own numbers on Saturday night. Not that my numbers are everything, uh, but I made this. Uh, I made this eight, and the fact that I can get actually, I made this. Sorry, I made this seven, and I've got Stanford only two points worse on my ratings than Michigan State. Michigan State was catching three at Washington. Stanford's catching thirteen or fourteen. And last time the Cardinal went to Seattle, they pulled uh, the upset as big dogs. So I think the situation sets up pretty good here with uh, Stanford with two weeks to prep and uh, 
uh, Washington off the big game against Michigan State. I'll take two touchdowns with the Cardinal. All right, a big one in the Big Ten as the Ohio State Buckeyes uh, hosting the Wisconsin Badgers. A little interdivisional a game in the Big Ten. Ohio State, big number here, Bruce. Uh, uh, Bruce. <laughs> good, good number here, big number here, Matt. Uh, Wisconsin catching 18 against Ohio State. Ohio State, are they as good as they, we thought they were uh, before the season started? I don't think so. You know, you really can't. I don't think you can really make a judgment on Ohio State based off uh, big wins over Arkansas State and Toledo. And uh, Braylon Allen, Ches Malusi, two of the best running backs in the Big Ten. I think Wisconsin's the type of team that's actually built to uh, give the Buckeyes trouble because they're stronger on the offensive line. Uh, They're a solid defensive team that's not going to give up a bunch of big plays. And uh, the thing about Wisconsin is if you can move the ball on the ground and take the air out of the ball – and uh, kind of control the clock, you can frustrate the Buckeyes because they want to be out there, quick strikes, big plays, and C.J. Stroud and that offense, if you can keep them on the sideline, you got a good chance to win, or at least cover. And we talked about 18 points. To me, this is very similar handicap to the uh, Notre Dame-Ohio State game. When I took all those points with uh, Notre Dame, I made the number, that week I made the number Notre Dame, I made Notre Dame a 12-point dog, and the Irish were catching 17 17 and a half that week. Uh, in this game, I actually made Wisconsin an 11 and a half point dog. And I'm catching 18 again. And it's a very similar team with a quarterback who's uh, nothing special, but you got a strong offensive line. You should be able to, you know, hold your own in the trenches, and I think uh, keep the score down in this game. Ohio State looks great. It's, it's it's great to watch the highlights when you're playing Arkansas State and Toledo. But let me see you play some big time uh, programs who actually have four- and five-star guys in the trenches. And then if you can win those games by 30 points, then I'm impressed. But I think uh, right now what you got with Wisconsin is a quarterback in Graham Mertz who's gained a little bit of confidence against a weak schedule. Badgers beat Illinois State and New Mexico State. They did lose that home game to Washington State, but I think that's also gives us a little point spread value here. Washington State is not as bad as uh, a lot of people thought, and I thought that was going to be one of the sleeper-type teams in the Pac-12. Uh, this year, and the fact that Wisconsin lost to Washington State, Madison, yeah, it's embarrassing, but that's not a bad Pac-12 team. Washington State's okay, so uh, the perception of Wisconsin after that loss is way down, and I think that creates a little point spread value here. Jimmy, I, I just got to make the Buckeyes prove it to me. Uh, you can beat up, you can play the bully, uh, and beat up on lightweights, uh, but let me see you cover numbers like this against uh, legit opponents. All right, so Matt's got, uh, and you know, every week when I get the uh, the, the splits and see the public uh, where they are, the percentages uh, by tickets and by handle. I mean, in college football, it's it, the betting public bets these teams. I'm talking about against the spread, as if there is no point spread. I mean, it's right. always just laying <laughs> points, laying points, laying right. points. So Matt, uh, value, looking for some value here, uh, as he's got four dogs, Arkansas plus two and a half. I'm not so sure how the public's going to be split on that one. I think Arkansas is gaining uh, some of the uh, the, the market's uh, confidence there, but I think that you'll be on the uh, you'll be fading the public with Florida, Stanford, and Wisconsin plus the points. Matt, some other things uh, that you looked at this uh, good schedule. Uh, last week's early slate was horrible. The noon Eastern slate uh, that was as bad as I can remember. But we got a much more balanced schedule this week. Any other of the uh, top matchups are catching your attention? 
You know what was interesting about those early games last week, too, is uh, I ended up on Syracuse last week, Jimmy. Oh. And that was one of the luckiest wins of all time. I have and I to say that, you know, <laughs> I, I paid for it on Sunday when I, I took a gut-wrenching, ridiculous loss with the Las Vegas Raiders. So nice. you win one, you lose one. Uh, but that Syracuse game, I wanted to say something about that and get your perspective on it because – you know, I hear people talk about the integrity of the game all the time and that they're concerned about players and uh, point shaving. I, I think the officials, I've said this for many years, the officials are the ones you have to keep the eye on. You can't tell me that that didn't look like crooked officiating in that Purdue-Syracuse game. That was some of the most uh, questionable officiating I think I've ever seen in a college football game. Those officials were trying to do everything they could to get Syracuse in the win column late in that game. And uh, I'm not saying that from a perspective of sour grapes because i bet on Syracuse no, no. I just thought it was ridiculous what happened what did you think um I I thought it was a lot when you start you know, let the players decide the game let the play you have to have control of the game understand but at this point let the players decide the game and um you know to give them the 15-yard penalty right out the shoot uh just to, yeah they, they 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 benefited they they gave Syracuse a chance because if you just play normal, uh, you know, prevent defense, keep them with it, you know, in in the <clears throat> between the boundary. Uh, yeah, Purdue would Purdue looked to have won it at that uh, at that touchdown uh, right before. Even when we see some wild ones, and on the other, and yeah, you know, you, your your comments are more received or more valued because you benefited from it, and you're still knocking it, you know. Um, but boy, Matt, I'll tell you on the other one, I benefited from, benefited from Arizona against the Raiders and that was a phantom, it just made up call, uh, you know, on the fourth down, uh, with Zach Ertz. It's just, he's just covering him and just throw the, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, so you give him four more downs though. So no, the officials are very, very powerful. Absolutely. They're powerful. You know, the, uh, the thing about it is the two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties have forced Purdue to kick off from its own 10 yard line. Come on. Scott Van Pelt had that highlight on uh, on Bad Beats on ESPN the other night. He said, I don't think I've ever seen this in my life. Now, I think I've seen it before once or twice, but it's uh, very rare when something like that happens. It's, it's got to be an egregious situation where you're going to tag a team with two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, and that was not it. So I thought that was really uh, bizarre how that went down. And you're right about that uh, Cardinals-Raiders game. Raiders win that game 23-15. Game's over. Ref throws a, a phantom flag in the back of the end zone for holding on Zach Ertz, and there was no penalty. Uh, but that's the way things go. Hey, college football this week, I think Boise's going to – I don't like this Boise team a lot, but I thought 15 was a little bit cheap against UTEP okay. on uh, Thursday night. It's a bad UTEP team that just got uh, hammered by New Mexico, and you talked about a few of the teams, Vandy and Kansas – about to go over their win total. How about New Mexico? I bet the Lobo's over two and a half, and they've already got to two. Uh, so just need one more from that team. Uh, in the Big Ten, Michigan State is a three-point home dog. The Minnesota intrigues me. I think the Spartans might end up being a play for me this week. How about Iowa going on the road, laying seven or seven and a half or eight points? Can they score eight? What's that? Can they score eight? I mean, That's what I'm saying. That, when you watch the Hawkeyes, you're saying, wait a minute, this team's going on the road and laying seven and a half or eight? I need to investigate this a little bit further because uh, is Rutgers that bad to be getting uh, points like that from the Hawkeyes at home? How about Colorado, UCLA? This is a game where I made the number 14 and a half, and right now you get 21 and a half with the Bruins. Uh, but 
you got to have to bet a really bad team, and do you have the uh, courage to do that with uh, Colorado? Arizona State, Herm Edwards is out. I don't think this team's going to rally. Uh, the Sun Devils appeared to quit on Herm. I don't see any reason why they would show up with a big performance this week. Utah, a 14-point road favorite. I thought that number was a little bit cheap. And uh, what else do you consider yeah, you mean, a big game? Mean, I don't know what to make of the Texas quarterback situation, so I can't play the Longhorns on or against right now. You, you me, and uh, ER did the Pac-12 uh, preview, and uh, I considered Arizona State a time bomb and just about to yeah. go off with the sanctions and everything else. I wasn't anticipating a loss to Eastern Michigan, but I'll take it. But I was I was looking at this this their start of their schedule with Utah and USC right out the shoot, and man that that's the perfect uh, you know uh, recipe for you know the wheels to fall off. But they already fall off. I mean, is that is that legit? Where they they basically told them in the end zone for in front of camera phones uh, to say, hey man, uh, we're going to move on. So yeah, Arizona State. I'm looking for the the, the wheels to fall off uh, on that one. Um, I um. I, the other ones that, uh, that that I'm looking at, I'm one of the more improved teams is UNLV. Can they go to Logan, Utah now? I mean, they're, Matt, they're beating the spread and beating it by a lot. And yeah. I know that week zero, that 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 quarterback, he's he is he's got a lot of ability, and with a little with improved accuracy, man, he's a, he's a weapon, man, and uh, and hard to deal with. They're putting up some points. Yeah, and Utah State, by the way, got hammered at home by Weber State, I think 35-7. to And that's why you're seeing the Rebels in the rare role here as uh, road favorites. I actually, on my numbers, I made UNLV a favorite too. It's, it's hard to uh, make the Rebels favorites on the road, but they're playing a lot better. And you have to give them credit. Doug Brumfield's a pretty good quarterback, and the uh, Rebels whipped North Texas last week. Um, I know said- I, I did – there was a situation last week I wanted to throw at you quickly. Was uh, I like to play home dogs in college football. Don't have many this week. But I played three home dogs last week. I really thought I was going to win at least two of those. Nebraska, Auburn, both got annihilated, completely annihilated. But LSU came through for me, so I appreciate Brian Kelly and the Tigers because I needed that one on Saturday night. And I think that kind of breathes some life into the LSU season because if you're one and two with a tougher schedule ahead – it's a totally different perspective. Now you're two and one. You beat a quality SEC team, and I think Jaden Daniels is starting to starting to get it in Brian Kelly's offense. Um, I think they're starting to figure some things out with their roster. Um, they have just pulled the trigger, and they have started both of their tackles are true freshmen on the offensive line uh, in the SEC. Uh, Will Campbell graded out number one out of all offensive tackles in the SEC, and Emory Jones, who got his first start, graded out number four. So that's it. That's something that's unexpected. We saw Alan Fanica uh, just put on a uh, a yellow blazer in Canton. He never plays as a true freshman uh, at LSU. So uh, they they switched to some things. Defensive personnel. They're starting to learn their personnel. They're starting to learn their personnel. You can only scrimmage against each other, uh, but he's doing that. And also, I like how Tom House is defending the chains a lot better. Florida State third downs over and over and over conversions. Hey, man, Mike Leach and uh, that Mississippi State offense had fourth, fourth, and ones and only made one. Yeah. I mean, so they really did a good job of defending the chains on conversion downs uh, as well. So starting to figure it out. Daniels Daniels is playing tougher. He got hit a little bit. He's playing tougher. He's more of a willing runner in finishing his runs. He's still a runner who's trying to catch up with the passing 
Keyshawn Bouti is not getting as much, you know, production as they thought. But, no, they're getting better, and that's what a good coach does. And we know Brian Kelly, no matter if you like him, the, 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 the bogus accent or whatever, I mean, he is a proven coach. Just look at what Notre Dame's doing uh, right now. So, um, so they just they just this is not a fin. Next year's roster is going to be extremely a, a lot better. Places like Florida, places yeah. like LSU, in a transfer portal era, when you get fired, they're raiding. They they are raiding your roster, and now they're not raiding the the, the weaker ones. They're going after the tough ones, and it hurts. As far as UTEP, going back to that, I wanted to make a point about it. the guy at Arizona, the wide receiver who's lighting it up, the UTEP transfer. I mean, UTEP's not a program that can handle losing a guy like that. So, you know, they're not quite what they were uh, to start the season as well. That's Jacob Cowing, by the way, who was uh, – that was a big-time transfer for Arizona to get. You get Jaden Delora, the quarterback from Washington State, and Jacob Cowing, the wide receiver from UTEP, and all of a sudden that Arizona offense looks a lot different. That's another Pac-12 dog that intrigues me a little bit this week is Arizona uh, catching points at Cal Berkeley, but – uh, it's not a play for me right now. Hopefully uh, the rest of us can get some winners, uh, Paul Stone, ER, and myself, because we can't have Bruce Marshall getting all the wins every week. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, 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 we we got we to straighten this uh, stuff up. I've got one more for you, North Carolina, at home, at home uh, in, their, um, in their first home game. You know, they traveled to App State. They traveled to uh, Georgia State. They're at home against North uh, Notre Dame. They don't get Notre Dame o- over there often, and nothing – says desperation, like breaking out the green jerseys for a little extra juice against Cal. Cal. <laughs> I mean, it's Cal. Cal. Okay. And uh, the Irish were lucky to survive against Cal. I mean, Cal barely, got, barely got a release from their administration to uh, fly to uh, South Bend for COVID. So, anyway, I mean, they just uh, – Cal, bar- Cal barely got a home win against UNLV the previous week. That was a 20-14 to 14 game where the Bears had to make a defensive stand late to preserve that game. So uh, I, had a, I had a friend who's a big Notre Dame fan asked me about this game yesterday. I said, man, I have no clue. Uh, really, I don't know. I don't think highly of this North Carolina team necessarily, but what do you make of Notre Dame at this point? Really have no idea. But a little bit of sharp money did come in on the Irish when that number opened. Uh, so take that for what it's worth. I'm probably not going to be on that game. Yeah, group of five most improved teams, UNLV, Tulane, um, and then uh, and uh, – Oh, and then uh, Power Five, Kansas, Duke, and Washington. I mean, that's yeah. some – it's it's unbelievable, uh, that Washington team, you know, watching them right now. They're uh, fun to watch. All right, that's going to do it for, for this week's again. Matt Humans with his four NCAA picks, Arkansas plus 2.5, Florida plus 10.5, Stanford plus 14, and Wisconsin plus 18. Owner of Sports Betters Paradise for Matt Humans of East, and I'm Jimmy Ott. You're on the Bet Rivers Network, YouTube Network.